Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Goose Chasing. You know it ain't about that geese at all. It's about the stories and the memories and the traditions and the stories and the good times and the happy moments and the positive vibes that we're chasing. <laughs> that we're chasing. Oh, that was pretty good. That was a good one. This podcast is brought to you by Tag and Brag and Tag and Brag Productions. We are also brought to you by TNB Apparel. Visit our website and buy the hoodie on there at www.tagandbrag.co. It's also brought to you by Tag and Brag Land Management. There is better hunting in your future, so we might as well do it together. We should. <clears throat> Actually, just talked to uh, a dude, uh, Hayden, from Wisconsin, and setting up some things with him so looking forward to that expanding our reach <laughs> reaching out across the northern portion you know if we can do it in new york just outside of manhattan we could do it just about anywhere that's all i gotta say you're right that's all i gotta say all right we gotta first revert back to last week's episode the uh pooping in the woods um that segment has seemingly gone viral. <laughs> Besides TikTok, dude, like, I don't understand. TikTok sucks ass, I personally you, think. Like, yeah. how you can't do anything on there unless you got, unless you're in a thong and shaking your ass or you're, or you're stuff like jackass shit, milking babies. Yeah. I mean, you can literally. I, I mean, yeah, a woman can put her friggin' creamer on there, full <laughs> full nip, and dude, and it's fine. It's fine. We're on our we're on our last strike. They're definitely shadow banning us because the poop thing is funny. I like it, it got like four hundred views. I mean, fuck TikTok. They're yeah, I I can't stand that stuff. TikTok. It's not like, a it's not an outdoor platform, clearly, but it's supposed to be a platform for anyone sharing it, their passions, interests, hobbies, cre- creators. I mean, you creating can't entertainment. Even, you can't even flash a bow on there anymore without getting flagged. It's no, brutal. That's ins- insane, dude. The one turkey video from last year, we had a second angle set up, and Gosh. I'm literally sitting with the gun on my lap, and like it was mid. It was mid-morning after a call sequence, whatever, a gobbler just slipped through our fingertips, whatever, and I just, like, tilted over and just, like, ripped so loud, and the, and the second angle is, like, right next to me, like, right there. It's The video is hilarious, I think. Instantly got flagged because I had a, like, you honestly couldn't even tell that it was a gun. You could just no, see, you the, just see the butt of the gun, but you couldn't even see that there was a barrel or anything. And they said that it was, uh, I don't know, harmful to society, apparently. I don't know. I don't get it. Farts are funny. So if you don't think that shit's funny, then. Blowing guess... a gasket's illegal now. You got to. Yeah. Take a walk. That. But Sounds anyway. Getting back to the uh, the pooping in the woods segment and a couple of the snippets that we posted online. We There was some pretty funny comments. Um, our buddy Nick said instead of hugging a tree in front of you 
you grab the low branch and hang onto that. So he's kind of doing like a pull up, like a sitting pull up almost. Like he's yeah. hanging out your life. I mean, if he lets go of that, it's catastrophic. He's going with the old. Or if that branch, like the, gives the meat away. pole pack out. We call it the meat <laughs> pole pack out. You just you know hold your arms and legs around the branch. Exactly. <laughs> He's going with the meat pole pack out, but he does. I will say he does have some solid advice and experience, and and he definitely has experience. You can tell that because he says prior <laughs> prior <laughs> prior to doing the deed. Stick the napkins through a small twig or branch near you so that they're easy to grab and they don't blow away in the wind. So he's done. He's had, he's, he's, he, he's had them blow away before. Like, <laughs> exactly. He's done this enough times to where they've the, the napkins have blown away. Yeah. He's done this in the rain, shine, snow, sleet, wind blowing sideways. He said, and, oh, and... And you don't have to fumble through your pockets while Sting is still hanging by one hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all great. He's. I mean, I've ex- I've I've known. I've been with him, not with actually with him, but on jobs where he's had to utilize these tactics. So that's hilarious. That's he's definitely hilarious. a seasoned veteran. Some some people are like we said. Some people enjoy this shit. I'm pretty sure he's got some good stories of where the branches have, give, have given way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, you got to do if you're smart, and I'm sure now he's experienced. But you got to do. You almost have to do a hanging test before you. Yeah, because if you do your business and then the branch breaks, your day's over. Well, you're really relying all on the branch, like the 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 wall set is you yeah, at least you got your legs you're like you're trusting yourself now you're well, trusting nature oh well, yeah and if you can control hey, uh, my legs are getting tired i gotta stand, stand up. up or reposition but you don't you're not communicating with the branch yeah and i feel like also if you're hanging like that and you do have a crayola you don't figure it out until far too late like it's in your the crayola is in your pants when you figure it out that's not good then you mess up your whole afternoon uh. Oh, that is All morning. ridiculous. Uh, that's funny. Anyway, um, Kyle says, my method consists of when, when it hits, drop any and everything, and I'm <laughs> going into full-out focus mode on Code Brown. <laughs> I'm not the guy that can hold it. I've got about 30 seconds heads up, or Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing it's just some people when uh, you go we oh, gotta go you gotta go some people have that <laughs> that ridiculous uh power to harness it in dude also some people have power to literally blow it out their ass like i've never <laughs> seen me or heard have you ever been <laughs> Have you ever been in like a public bathroom and like somebody next to you or close to you is unloading what seems like the kitchen sink it's like, and also like neighbors? It's like Falcon 9 is taken off next to you. <laughs> Jesus. It sounds like change is dingling into the bowl. It's like, what the fuck did you eat? Yeah. There's metal coming out of your ass. 
gravel. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. What Cody Cody Nixon said any option that prevents itself. <laughs> the swamp bros say there's nothing worse than a brown crayon in the woods. <laughs> We need shirts. We need shirts. Crayola. Like, (laughs) it's just got a little, like, turtle head poking out. That's hilarious. Yeah, but that's not a time you want to experience that. No. No, we'll do one more. Um, I think this guy's name is Mike. He says, I always use the boot to brush away an open spot. Got to have bare dirt. I ain't having no leaves or foliage tickling me. <laughs> or anything or, or anything able to crawl up. What is he straight, doing? Sitting on the ground? <laughs> he said straight wall sit, no trees or logs involved. Oh, he's just air fucking wall sitting. <laughs> he's sucking. Like he could do Dude, this that shit is, in the middle of his living room. <laughs> that is that's the ultimate challenge. And then he said, and come back up like a cat. Be respectful. <laughs> Nothing worse than stumbling upon someone's steamer. (laughs) (laughs) Got the old landmine steamer out there, do you? Oh, that's too funny. That's impressive, though. I've done that. I've stumbled upon a a steamer, and you're like, no animal did this. Yeah, that is not. There ain't no bears around here. Only thing that came from was a big old boy. Yep. (laughs) I think, wow, I think we've gotten someone on trail camera before. Oh my god, dude. Doing that. I, yeah, you yeah. I, back in the day, you, dad, myself, and our cousin Daniel, we were cruising around doing a block run. Just it was it was a freaking blizzard that day, I remember. And one of those days on the hill, it was just precipitation <laughs> to the max. And it's the dead middle of winter. And we drive like on the probably most seldom driven road around the little block run that we normally do around our property. And we get onto the backside and there's a car parked on the side of the road. And it was straight. It was a blizzard. And literally it was like an old, like Buick town and country or something. It had barket loungers for front seats. (laughs) And that thing, dude, uh, we looked into the woods and probably 20 yards off the woods, there was this old timer. I mean, he had to be into in Zadies. Yeah. He bare ass fucking wall squatting against the tree. Literally <laughs> mid wipe. Mid wipe. He was fully prepared. I think it looked like he had a roll of roll of TP Charmin, I think it yeah. was. He had that old Charmin Charmaine. But he was, I mean, that's a situation. You're driving. Dude, he pulled off onto some, like, like he was nowhere close to where he could no. end up relieving himself. That's why he pulled off the road. And, yeah, he knew that. And he utilized somebody else's tree, and he left himself a 80-year-old steamer. <laughs> left his mark on that patch. He left his mark. I remember us crying. Like, we were at the age where, like, all that stuff was, like, super, super funny. And oh, we were at the age where I'd never done that before, let alone really see anybody do that. We no, just had God. heard our, like, dad's, uncle's, you know, 
talk about their stories of doing that, like like dropping your coveralls, which think about doing that and dumping in your <laughs> dumping in the hood by accident and then putting your coveralls back on. We've heard those those stories before. That's a t- that's a horrible situation. We driving by that, and it, I remember it was like a four to five second pause after we all registered on what going what was going on and we looked at each other and everyone just started crying laughing well dude because there was no there was no discrepancy over what was going on like we we caught him mid-wipe it looked like a white tail flicker no. yeah like his ass in a way he was, the bare ass was facing us it was facing the road too that was the craziest part he like went to get privacy from the woods and his cray his crayola was facing uh due north there was nothing, nothing camouflaged about that. That was the only thing sticking out was his white ass <laughs> and the white snow. Oh, goose chasing. Goose chasing. You, you ever, uh, you got any stories of geese? We don't like goose. We, we don't like goose hunt, but that we can actually tell on goose chasing. Yeah. I mean, probably not many that you could tell. I got my one. most my most recent one when we were up in North Dakota. I sat with Kane and his buddy Easton that one morning, and that was hilarious. These dudes, like before school, literally before school, are in the blind and hammering at geese. Like we had geese flying every which way but sideways, and these. I mean, I think we got. When it was all said and done, they probably got six or seven total. Um, but it was just hilarious being in the blind with these cats. Like before school. <laughs> Fuck. You got a couple, whatever you said, six, eight geese go back to the lodge. Kane cleaned them out and then goes to school. I mean, what, goes a, to school. what a life. What a life is right. That's a pastime life. Dude, it was so funny. There was the, I was giving Kane such a hard time. The one flock there had to be 15 of these fuckers and they came from over this lake from like three quarters of a mile away it seemed like so we had all day to prepare and we're in this massive massive i mean huge wheat field like there and obviously there's a spread of decoys out in front of us like there's nowhere else anywhere close that these geese are gonna land they're coming to cup and land right on us dude these things get to like where I felt I'm in this layout blind and I felt like I could pop up and grab one of the friggin' hoofs of these things. And, and dude, they, they, him and Kane and Easton pop out of this grub or out of the, you know, layout blinds and they just start hammering, unloading and every one of these geese, maybe a feather or two fell, but every one of these geese flew away and it was hilarious. (laughs) and he's just like laughing his ass off and i'm like dude are you serious i could have grabbed one of them by the friggin' feet (laughs) but i did end up making a couple um a couple really good shots too so just one of them deals distant shots yeah got the patterns spread out there yeah you know what you do with geese after you clean them out the best way to cook them what's that you fucking you clean them up, you you breast them out, and you get all these vegetables, carrots and celery and potatoes, maybe some mushrooms, onions. 
you put them in a crock pot and you season up, you know, your goose meat, like you got to season it up good, you know, get some Lowry's and fucking oh, whatever. Yeah. Season the shit out of it. You, you put that thing in the roaster and you can add some chicken broth or whatever kind of broth you want just to, you know, soupy it up a little bit. You cook that thing for like, I don't know, probably five or six hours. And as, as soon as it's done, you throw that motherfucker away and you make yourself a ham sandwich. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, goose meat fucking sucks. <laughs> no, it is not the best unless you triple wrap that thing, ratchet strap that thing in bacon. I mean... And, I, then, and then you still, you, you peel out the goose meat and you just, you eat the bacon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then you have yourself a bacon sandwich. I, we had it, it was half decent. One time we had it. I can't remember how we cooked it. I mean, you can make it, yeah, it's, it's jerky. You can make it decent. Yeah, you do, do some jerky. Honestly, it's great. It's probably great uh, dog food. Dog food, yeah, it's great. People think that's people think that some people think that's crazy is but what's in dog food these days? I mean right. nothing good. So you have a natural resource. Dude, you go out there and enjoy some hunting or you can't <clears throat> you can't skin a goose out and make some nice healthy dog food. I mean the heart, the liver, any scraps it's great. Our, our dogs are getting utilize it. Utilize it. That animal ain't going to waste, I can tell you that much. If you love your dog, give him some good food. Gosh damn it. Gosh damn it. Give old Rufus some chow, man. He wants to he the wants only, some chow. I remember this this goose story. I don't know if, whatever, I'm just gonna tell it. But you and I, you had to be eighteen, I was sixteen. We were going to uh one of those baseball clinics that we had to put on, you know, for being on varsity whatever just being in the baseball program in high school. Oh, my God, yeah. And that was like Saturdays. They'd put those clinics on where you have to go there, be there, whatever, 7 in the morning, be all day teaching kids, which was fun. You know, it was to, fun. I like to, I like that shit. How to uh, – some fun, fundamentals of the game. But I remember we had gotten like – I think we got halfway there. and We, we realized, were late. Well, yeah, I think we had realized we we had to wear those like – West G baseball t-shirts and we forgot them or something or you forgot I don't know one of us yeah, forgot them right so we had to flip around and like, we were already a little late so now we have to haul back home like five six minutes grab those and we're now we're heading back to school and we're we're cooking I mean we're cooking it's like we're going like 55 and a 35 we're cruising and I remember driving God, baby. I remember straight driving straight into the sun just coming up yeah, like it was in our eyes, right and, east. And you were driving. We were in the the old uh, eighty nine short bed, <laughs> short bed Chevy, <laughs> the big brush guard on the front of that thing, and that was all you know it was jacked up a little bit. Sounded good, but I remember cruising down this road. We were speeding a little bit, and we come up over this hill. <laughs> Sun was right in our, I mean, right in my eyes, and I'm like, man, how is Dave like seeing super well? <laughs> and just we come over this hill and right over the crest of this hill are these two geese that are literally one is in our lane one is in the other lane and there's guardrails on both sides of the road you're not like we were going so fast and you see them at the last <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <laughs> and 
Dave, Dave's pissed because we're we're late, whatever. And it was, I mean, what are you gonna do? Roll the truck and put yourself? No, you're like, I mean, we. I remember you hit the brakes hard, but it was one or the other. I don't know? think I hit the brakes at all, honestly. It was unfortunately one or the other, and we just crushed. It was a f- cloud of geese feathers. Oh my god! It was like a it was like a sorority girl pillow fight in the middle of this road. Those fucking feathers from, I mean, they were twenty feet high. That was feathers. Oh man, bless that goose's heart because uh, it it freaking ate it ate the front of that brush garden. That was the end, of old goose. Obviously, I mean, what are you gonna do? We were we were late. No more goose chasing there. I mean, it was a quick and painless one. I can tell you that. I don't know why I always remember that because it just it just shocked me. I was like, we just well, we came that up thing. we came up over that hill and it was so it was so quick. Yeah, it was just it was a bang bang play, bang bang play at home plate. And uh, what are you gonna do? Torped Chevy got the best of it. Sue us. That freaking truck, remember, like, the last leg of that truck, you, me, and Aaron pulled into school that one day, and the thing was smoking like a fucking power plant. Oh, you th- literally back into the spot, and it was just the whole the section parking. of parking lot was yeah. just in smoke. <laughs> We're just like, it didn't even have, the, the, it didn't even have the remote lock, but you just kind of, you know close the door and we're like screw it we'll figure yeah. it out after school yeah let it clear out let it air out it'll be all right cool down air out hilarious it's so funny <clears throat> oh my gosh oh boy but yeah i don't uh the goose meat is rough we've been talking lately i've just been having nice conversations with everyone about like what to do with their game meat venison well i guess any game meat for us it's venison in particular but it could be anything um but when you eat a lot of when you eat a lot of particularly venison like we do we get creative because you got i mean you don't want to eat the same thing every time but we have a lot of meat a lot of meat how often and we eat a lot yeah how often would you say you guys eat venison um Probably a couple times a week. Yeah, I would say probably three times a week. I'm just you. I'm using it in some way, right? You, like I usually, usually at the beginning of the week, at least if I'm going to be home for a little bit, I'll take out a pack of breakfast sausage, and uh, I just leave it thawed out in the fridge because for three or four days I just make breakfast sandwiches when I get yeah. up, and they're awesome. Breakfast sandwich with some venison and egg. Nice, whatever, piece of toast or, uh, you know, or a nice Asiago. English muffin. Oh, God, I love the muff. I love doing that, but then, I don't know, I just find any ways creatively to incorporate the meat. I mean, if we have tacos, it's going to be venison. Duh. Burgers. Duh. Venison. Sausage and peppers. Venison. Um... The other day, Kelly and I did a roast. I just took some of the uh, round steak meat from like the hind quarter. <clears throat> I trimmed it up and took all that silver skin bullshit off of it, deboned it and stuff, and then put it in a crock pot. I put whole to- a can of whole tomatoes, um, carrots, potatoes, celery, a little bit of celery, 
can of corn and oh a couple peppers i think a yellow and a red pepper and then a whole thing of lowry's steak and chop throw that sucker in the crock pot and let that thing roast for like eight hours my god my goodness that's a lot of flavor if you uh after you need a good you need a solid loaf of bread or you need those hawaiian rolls you get those fucking Hawaiian rolls. Those little softies. Oh God. Those softies are so good. You get them warm with some butter, mingya. Whoo. What's your yeah. favorite? I mean, what's your what's your favorite way to eat venison? Um man. I mean Honestly, it's probably taste-wise, it's got to be the uh, venison romano. I think that's Ooh. the. But I don't even honestly. Oh. Oh, I lost Dave. It's just me. There he is. Here we're back. We switched sides. It's it's yeah, we <laughs> did switch sides. It's kind of trippy, but I think it um I don't know, it's still recording, so fuck it. We're going to just mine keep stayed, Okay, cool. <clears throat> yeah, mine is probably the venison romano and it's funny cuz I honestly don't make it. I don't even know how to make it. Well, come on, man. You got to tell us how to make it. You can't fucking just be venison Romano and you got to, you know, you got to. Well, that dad makes that. I don't, that's my favorite. And I don't know how to make it. I think he just soaks it in like olive, like some olive oil, like cuts the back strap, you know, an inch, inch and a half thick. Soaks it in olive oil, parsley. He's probably got some other, you know, mixture. Concoction. Yeah. Some basamine. And, uh, and then he, Rolls it in breadcrumbs and Parmesan and puts it on the grill. But he slices it after he grills it. No. What? N- no, no, no. He grills the whole thing? He slices it before he grills oh, yeah. it. Okay. The but there's t- no, the there's no pounding or anything. No pounding. No, no cutlet pounding. No. That's what he does. And that's good. You gotta, if you're grilling venison, you got to grill it medium rare to the most. You can't you can't overdo it. Otherwise, it loses its it just loses texture. It. Texture flavor gets hard, gets chewy. No good. No venison is so lean that you can you can actually you know it can be pretty rare and it's you're fine. It's so lean, like it's you're eating meat. It's like a dog. Ask Cargo. So what do you do with steak style meat like that? What do you do to, you know, most people's knock on venison is they go, oh, that's got a little gamey taste. Well, is it all like that? Or can you get that out? I mean, you can get it out. I always like rinse. I always rinse the meat and then I always dry it 
fairly well. Like I'll pat it dry. Like with the cutlets, and actually really with any any of the meat, once you cut it up, if you soak that in, like put it in a, a bowl, in a bowl of water, and then add a little salt to it, and kind of a lot of salt to it, like, and then mix it in as so it's soaking in salt water essentially, and you let that soak for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe, the water, you're going to see, the water is like... All blood. Yeah, it's it's the opacity of the water is no longer opaque. It's dense. And, and honestly, if that happens and it's like thick red, you drain the water and do it again. Do it again, yeah. Do it again for another 5-10 minutes and let that you'll the whole texture and the feel of the meat will will be different. It'll cut the color will be different. The color will be different. It's going to be far more it's going to be yeah, far more tender. Um and Most, especially yeah. when you're doing the cutlets, like when you're doing the cutlets and you're trying to tenderize them because you have to pound the cutlets out real thin, like the more of that like blood and shit that's in the meat, you you can't it the meat will will tenderize, but then it'll expand back up. You know yeah, what I mean? It doesn't like, want to stay spread. It's like pizza dough. Exactly. So you have to you have to be mindful of that. But any gaminess in the meat will likely be taken out with that saltwater soak. Yeah, but a lot, a lot of people don't do that. But, too, it also it matters how you harvested that animal, and it matters how you took care of it after you harvested the animal. Like, yep. if you clean kill, heart, lungs, like, that animal's dead within a minute of when you shot it, or... You know, with a rifle, if you hit it in the nerve bunch or spine and it's it's lights out, best case scenario. Best yep. best case scenario because the animal didn't suffer. It didn't have time to give off those like endorphins and shit that are that that it an stress. animal that we all give off, yeah, in stressful situations or especially when we're when we're suffering. Like you're if, tense. Yeah. If, if you, their muscles are tense, yeah. If you gut shot a deer, oh man, like it's likely, depending, depending, but it's likely going to have gaminess to that meat yeah. just because you think about that animal lives for hours after you shoot it and the whole time, not to get like too, too graphic, but like that's circulating through their system that's circulating yeah. through their muscles you know and it yeah it's like that's going to have an effect on on your meat for sure you know definitely like the inner tenders yeah the those, inner tenders are going to be done are shot those are yeah. shot and that's the best that's hands down that's my favorite cut of meat oh, on yeah. the deer easily oh, yeah if anybody doesn't know what Dean's referring to by the inner loins, we call it the fish because it is so tender. But when you gut when you gut a deer and say you're looking into the cavity, you basically look down and it's there's there's two strips of meat like just inside the hips. Yeah, just north of their hindquarters inside their inside their hips. And they come out very easily. They really need to get trimmed from like the top and the bottom. But if you if you have the deer hanging up and you trim it from the top, it'll, that, that meat will essentially just fall out or you'll almost be able to just like pull it out very yeah. easily. But 
that is equivalent. I believe that's equivalent to like the fillet of a steak or like the fillet of like a cow, like a fillet cut essentially. Like it's, that's it. And that in our deer, that meat, the fish, the inner loins never gets frozen. We always pull it out, clean it up, marinate, marinate. And if it's not that night, it's within the next night or two, them bad boys are going on the grill. And that is the best. Actually, the best way that I like to do it, it's a little less healthy, but put it in a, um, put it in a cast iron skillet with some butter and garlic and all sorts of good shit. Oh, it's healthy. Oh, that's field, the nectar, baby. Field to tummy, not field to freezer. Field to tummy, that's healthy. That's the nectar. We've been yeah. in North Dakota where we've taken out them inner loins, and them inner loins have probably not reached room temperature. They're still warm, and we've thrown them on the grill. I mean, talk about tender. Talk about, talk about tender. It's an amazing sensation. I don't care how much butter you put on that. That's healthy. You cut them things up right on the cutting board. You don't, that's not a meal or nothing. You just take a little, take your, your own two little fingers and you take one of them pieces and you shove it back. My goodness. That's good shit. Now, if you're trying to get somebody that either says they don't like venison or they're grossed out by it or they've never had it, if you're trying to get them into it, what are you giving them? Because you can't go right into like a steak. Dude, but... I mean, you the... could if it's prepared. I mean, you could. But most people, the way they prepare it, you can't yeah. go right there because you're... No. No, because the steaks have honestly the most opportunity to have like gaminess in them for whatever yes. reason. Um, they That for sure... I, if I'm just introducing somebody to it, and I and we've introduced a lot of people to venison this way, but it would probably be cutlets. Yeah. Although, although the cutlet is definitely the most, probably the most time-consuming way to definitely. prepare, because there's there's so many different steps, and you can't shortchange it at all. Right, right. Just changing a camera battery, but we, uh, I mean we've had. We've given given people cutlets and either not told them or they didn't believe it. It was venison. Well, dude, I mean, well, our you know we've you grow up in a, an Italian family like we did, and praise God, baby. I mean, you know we're blessed for that. But we grew up eating good our entire lives. We did. I mean, there's That's nothing. We still do. Yeah. But we grew up like in the mix and I, you know, whether it was mom, dad, grandma, like doesn't, didn't matter in the kitchen. I was always observing, you know, what are they doing? How are they doing it? I want to try this when I get old, you know? And so now the art of the cutlet has been passed down for generations. You're right. It's a beautiful thing. It's such a staple in this family that we nicknamed Camp. Camp Cutlet. Camp Cutlet. That's where we're going to provide the cutties. But when that thing comes out of the oil, 
and you dap that thing a little bit, one, give it a little one-two step on the fucking paper towel, and then that thing's piping hot, and you drizzle a little, squeeze a little lemon on there, and then you, you give it a little dusting, a nice, I would say a, a, cons- a liberal dusting of uh, Parmesan or Romano cheese, whatever your favorite is, and it's almost like the there's the lemon juice on there kind of just absorbs the 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 parmesan mm. it all becomes one but it's still hot kind of like a paste oh my god man there's nothing better there's nothing better and anyone that eats them will tell you they're incredible either way but the best way to eat them is not as a meal it's just out the fryer dish right, right out, out the that fryer just how you explained it hot and pipe but I mean, you, could get all, you could get all sorts of dipping sauces out i mean oh, cutlets are God. good with the lemon parmesan combo cutlets are good with a, a red marinara sauce on top and throw some parmesan almost just almost do it like um like a chicken parmesan oh yeah it's good with pasta it's good with a white white pasta White pasta, it's good with red pasta. It's good with mashed potatoes and gravy. Incredible. Underrated, completely underrated meal. And honestly, once you put them away, like they're in a plastic bag in your fridge, you take them out like potato chips. It's They're not going to last very long. They probably, most of them will be gone that night, even if they're not gone for dinner. They'll be gone later. Easily. And, And the best is like during hunting season when we make cutlets and then we go in for all day sits the day after and you put a cutlet with some mayo on some on a fresh italian loaf and you let that thing sit in your bag for four to six hours Ooh, there's nothing better it's almost like it congeals together it's not fair it's It's like it's 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 very similar. Whatever happens to the cutlets kind of happens to the uh, peanut butter and jellies in your bag. It, 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 I don't know why. They're so good. Dude, I've, I one time I ate a cutlet sangi that was three days old. It was probably the best. It, it felt like it was Christmas. I mean, it's staying out in your bag. It's, it's refrigerated, essentially. It is. It is. I mean. They should just make those and, like, peanut butter and jellies and put them in a book bag for, like, three days and then sell them. Dude, we'd make a killing, I'm telling you, because if you haven't ever had this while you're on like your sixth or seventh hour of an all-day sit and you're so friggin' hungry. I th- I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just when you're battling cold and like just elements and mental things out in the woods. It's just you're really honing into the simple things in life. So when you get a succulent cutlet sandwich or peanut butter and jelly you're just like there's there's not there's not a more beautiful thing no i mean and you think about it when you think about the position you're in you're hunting deer while you're eating deer that's i mean it's like how much more natural does it get you know the big man upstairs is giving you a round of applause he's just going like this he's like son you've done it you guys you guys are really fully taking advantage of this life that you live Son, you've done it. You're utilizing my great resource. But, yeah, I mean, getting back to it, that's definitely the go-to. If nobody's, if you haven't had venison before and you're trying to introduce somebody the cutlet, although, albeit that it's a little bit high maintenance, 
but the cutlet is is absolutely the way to go. It's funny at Ohio State. Our uh, last two years there, we had we we had a big house um, that we we leased with our our boys. Eight so of us, eight or nine of us in the house. Nine, yeah, and we would. I mean, it was essentially it was once a week we would have cutlet night because the boys were like, we need them cutlets. Oh yeah, cookie and sheets, baby. This was also. I mean, it got popular to where other people were coming over. For cutlet night. Some of these people, I mean, none of these people hunted or anything. They were just like, we we had a taste of it, and now we want more. Came for the cutlets, baby. And that's pretty cool. And you're at, I mean, most people at school, especially at a house like that, like you're not you're not cooking meals. But one thing that I do cherish about at least our college experience is is we turned heads with the cooking. Oh just my God. A, a house of eight men in college. The last thing you think about is what are these boys doing in the kitchen? Dude, we That's broke bread every thinking. night. Mon- about, Monday, oh, the, Monday to Thursday, we broke bread every night. Oh my gosh. And it was it's honestly, amazing. everyone had things that they cooked that were yep. just incredible. I what mean, was your favorite make... that wasn't, what was your favorite that wasn't cutlet night? I would probably say, uh, I mean, I would probably say it was the stir fries. Kiefer stir fries. Oh my god! Because we'd be in the kitchen, and this kid is this kid's got like literally seven. I mean, every bowl and apparatus in the kitchen is out. Oh my god! One. The kitchen every, was destroyed. Every burner is going. Yeah, we had burners that we didn't even know we had that were going. There were seven <laughs> to nine different sauces that Dude, this kid would be mixing. Double up. digit sauces, and he there was no recipes being followed. But it was, you know, I mean, it was a fire stir fry every time. He acted like he knew what the fuck he was doing. That's for sure. Yeah. Kiefer was mixing it up in the kitchen. You were trying to ask questions about what was going this way and what was going that way and what the hell was really going on, period. And he couldn't really give you a straight answer, but he damn sure looked like he knew what he was doing. A couple times we'd be, we'd be going to get that uh, thick cut bacon and you fry some of that up and then you chop it up real tiny pieces and then you throw that into the stir fry oh my god adds an incredible little flavor and just a hint of a crunch in there Mm. i got it on fire i mean and then we'd have burger pasta night oh burger pasta night i mean that was for me other than the cutlets that was probably the most famous the burger dude we would make which a lot of times was was with venison was the if, if venison was readily available it was all with venison it was all with venison dude we would make a three-pound bag, one of those massive rotini bags yeah. of pasta. We had a pot that you could literally take a bath in, full <laughs> of fucking burger pasta, like three pounds of meat, and we would get like six loaves of garlic bread and just destroy it. it. Frank's red hot and just go to fucking town. Yep. I'm trying to think of what else were some of the pop. I mean, we did burgers a lot. Once again, venison. Burgers were great all the don't, time. Don't hate it. We did the cutlets we did with pasta sometimes. The cutlets we did with, uh, I think, the the favorite in the house. And this is kind of where it started in college was the cutlet mashed potato gravy combo. Unreal. Talk about orgasmic. I mean, you just, a, a, just a nice base of cutlet. 
on the bottom of the plate, and then you literally just, I would just put a little scoop of mashed potatoes right on top of that, pour gravy over top. It was like a hot hamburger, you know, that we had. I mean, it was basically what it was. Ruthless is what it was. It was ruthless. Gosh dang it. And that you could guarantee on those nights, no cutlets were, like, we would always think, we would always think, oh, we're going to have leftover. Like, we would try and make too much cutlets. Because we wanted leftovers. Because, yeah, for, for gosh sakes, like, we wanted some the next day for school, whatever. And we lived with Rob Lariccia, and he made sure that that absolutely would never happen. No. There was no leftover cutlets that were happening. And it didn't. Not, not when Robbie was around. Everyone would just grab a monstrous plate, and we'd all sit around this big living room on these couches and watch, like, a Cavs game. Oh, that was when LeBron, when, when the, we were, like, running – championships and shit like that like that well actually no it was before it was before he went to miami bastard yeah it was when we were but it was when we were it was when we were seeking the the first championship so everyone was just as i mean we were as invested as you could possibly be in watching every single game and we had a whiteboard up on the wall and everyone would literally guess i don't even know why but we would all Guess LeBron's stats for the evening. It was just a it was just a nice friendly wager while we were chewing on some burger pasta. Oh gosh. Those were the days, man. Those were those, the days. Those were the days. Dude, they, we would we would create our schedule so that we only had class two days a week and we were both had we both had class on the same day so that during the fall at least, fall quarter we either had Monday, Wednesday classes or Tuesday, Thursday classes because then we could piece out either Wednesday night or Thursday night and have Thursday to Sunday to hunt or Friday to Monday to hunt. Yeah. Call us nuts. Call us nuts, but that's what we did. We just, yeah, loved it. We loved college, but we did give up some time, some of that social well, life. In the fall, for sure. In the fall, yeah, to be in the bush. I mean, it was just, that was but, an awesome, like, that was when Tag and Brag all really started. Like, Yeah, if we wouldn't have done that, we might not be here. It right. was honestly doing that. That I mean, you could have said, oh, screw it. I'm just, this is my time to be at school. I'm not, this is not my time to do what I love. But we did it. But we were doing it. Doing it hard. It was great. It was, that was great. Good times. I'm trying to think of like some hunts that we went on during that time or during those times that we completely fucked up probably. Well, I can tell you that I went on a, I can tell you that there was like a three or four year stretch and that I was, I, I literally messed up any buck opportunity that I possibly could either missing or messing something up with the camera or or uh like i i hate saying this but i wounded two or three bucks yeah and i was just on a roll that i could not get out of i remember that well it was it was us together though like we were yeah but i felt that when you were behind or in front of the camera and vice versa like we we just we went through it together i mean Ooh, there was definitely a time where I was like, what? Like, maybe 
maybe <laughs> well just like maybe the camera thing is is just too much yeah i mean and i'm no... glad we yeah we pushed through that and it, but it was a long time i mean I'm, that's what i'm saying it was three it was three four plus years i remember yeah i mean because i had the i can't remember what year it was it was a year that was awful at camp it was like our one of our first years where we actually started like trying to manage deer shoot better deer but i remember i shot that I, we called them the icebreaker buck because i literally broke the ice on myself of, for like three years yeah of just self-filming successful oh good shot you know and thankfully since then it was uh I've been on a good roll, but honestly, it's, that's part of that time of my life just with hunting is part of what made me hunt the way I hunt now. Like you always say, like Dean, Dean's very conservative. Things got to be right. You know, yeah. like to make sure, but that's, that's part of what shaped that. And I'm, you know, I'm glad for that. Cause I, it's, you know, I'm going to make bad shots. You know, on the right, everybody's you know, gonna, it's gonna, with how much we hunt, it's gonna happen. But hunting the way I hunt now, I try to minimize those times because I just learned so much just as a hunt. I mean, as a hunter filmer combined for sure, but just as a hunter in those three or four years. Yeah. So, um, definitely, definitely made me a better, better hunter. But that, that was, I mean, dude, those years, college days. Us those years shaped us period. Like, yeah, you know, you, I don't know. I feel like that's given us the longevity. Um, you know, the longevity that we've been able to have. I mean, we've been doing this for 11 years now. Like, and I feel like that has like, when we were cutting our teeth and just, I mean, literally it felt like every opportunity that we had slipped through our fingers or we screwed up or we literally everyone. I mean, Four years. I'm talking years. Like not a year, not a season, not two seasons, like multiple in a row, just literally getting your ass handed to you and watching big bucks walk away, you know, wounding deer, unfortunately, and missing deer on camera. Like it didn't matter. Like putting the whole thing together took years, years. And, yeah, and, I'm, and honestly, the longer it got, I, I it made me at least even make a couple more, like as far as shots and stuff, bad decisions. Right. Some of it was just plain, just, you know, unlucky or just situational stuff. But some of it was like, you get more and more frustrated and you're just like, I got to make something happen. And then you make another bad decision. Right. So you're, you're definitely taught us to, not think that way too but yeah there were times where other people were like maybe uh maybe you shouldn't be doing this <laughs> maybe you should think about doing something else now maybe you should uh leave that camera in your truck and just go hunt you know dude but even from a hunting perspective like it wasn't i mean we were putting ourselves in opportunities and we could blame it on the camera I mean, the camera added a different element to it, and that's part of the reason why we were in the situations that we were in, I think. But, you know, uh, even from a like just growing pains as a hunter, you were going through that all while trying to capture this shit on camera. Like, it was nuts. 
It was, yeah. it really was. It was nuts. It was. But once again, I mean, I think it, it allowed us the longevity, you know, to be here now because those mistakes that we don't, we won't typically make anymore. And even the opportunities that may feel like they slip away, like for us, if we document them and we can show people that it, it doesn't like, that's not a, it's not a missed, it's a missed opportunity, but it's not a missed opportunity. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And no, I, I would agree with that. It's just, we've kind of, we've kind of used our, our shortcomings, I think, to our advantage to now show some of that stuff. And I mean, we get friggin' scrutinized on YouTube and some of these other social media platforms for some of the hunts that we show that weren't successful. And it's like, damn, like, I didn't know all these people were, you know, perfect hunters, five for five or, you know, 10 for 10 on their, yeah, perfect do it all hunters and shit. It's just, um, but I wouldn't, I would not take any of that struggle back. I wouldn't, I certainly I'm grateful for every moment scenario that we went through that was tough in those regards. And yeah, like you said, it's, it shaped us into the people and the hunters that we are today. So that's pretty cool. Hey, it's very cool. Yeah. I look back and on that, looking back on the journey, but it, even just thinking about college and everything we got to experience there was, uh, some good, good times, good times. The journey is always what you look back on and enjoy the most. It's not like the, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Good, bad, or ugly. The journey is the, it's the essence. Well, it definitely, when you, when you start looking back, like there's times where I wish, you know, now I could go back or we could go back and like enjoy those moments that we were in a little bit more, even when they did suck. So for me, like I try and chill on the fact of like looking too far into the future, looking, you know, too far down the road or, or, you know, holding yourself to a standard that maybe you're not quite at yet, beating yourself up a little bit too much because you got to, and just at the end of the day, you got to be able to enjoy the moment that you're in. Enjoy the moment. I mean, yeah, going back to it, what would you give to go back and sit on that couch and have a nice plate of cutlets? Lost David again. We lost him. We lost him. When will he be back? There he is. is. He's back. Can you, He's hear, back. can you hear me the whole time? No, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. So you can. That's funny. I was just singing a song about your. When will he be back? <laughs> I'm sure he can hear it on the recording. But yeah, I was just going back to it. What would you give to go back to college, sit on that couch? Have a nice venison meal with your boys. That would be that would be a blast. You give a lot for it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the message here, people. Mm-hmm. Enjoy Catch your day. Enjoy, enjoy your damn life. Enjoy every minute. Don't think about. Don't even get excited for tomorrow, even if something good's gonna happen tomorrow. <laughs> really though. I mean, soak no, you're in your, you, soaking your moment that you're in right now, and tomorrow you're gonna have you got a good moment coming, so that's great. 
it's it's in social media kind of amplifies this because and I I fall subject to it too but you look at other people you compare you can trash you want to be at a certain point right now cuz you think that's like the end all be all and like that's the the point of happiness kind of but ultimately every part of the journey needs to be enjoyed taken in for what it's worth learning along the way i mean it's no different we talk about this with each individual hunting season like you could every year is different like this part of the year i'm you know i'm trying to take it all in and be in, in a new part of tennessee and learn a new land and you know kind of starting from a blank sh sheet of paper on some of this property that i'm hunting but even for up in new york like it's a blank slate it's it's a new food plot season that's about to begin. It's a new turkey season. You got to enjoy every part of your season. And now it's it's become a 365 thing for so many of us. You got to enjoy every aspect of it cuz look at how look at like it didn't used to be like that. It used to be a it used to be a 9 week season for us up in New York. And that was it. When we were growing up, it was 5 weeks of bow season, 4 weeks of gun season, over. That was it. It was done and it was an eight or nine week thing of the year we looked forward to it all year long we talked about it all year long and now look at not not just us so many other people are enjoying this 365 you know so many other people are enjoying it all year long they're doing their own food plots they're doing their own land management they've got their own goals and they're trying to you know shape their own hunting journey that way so just don't yeah november's the shit the beginning of november is awesome being in a tree during that time is awesome but you know what was also the shit opening day on september 1st or maybe october 1st or september 28th like that's awesome you know the first couple weeks in october are awesome when you're seeing new bucks pop up on camera and that you've never seen before the end of october is awesome when the bucks are hammering scrapes and like they're starting to get predictable and yeah the rut is awesome but then it's over and you kind of feel down a little bit. But then also it's like if you've got food on your property, the end of the season could be awesome too because these deer are getting patternable again and you're going to get to kind of experience the hunt or the season in a whole different light. So it's all good. It's all fucking good. All good. Don't, like, don't be too out in front of yourself to yeah. where you can't enjoy like where your own two feet are right now. No, I couldn't have said it better myself. No, I got got days where you're like it's October 20th and you're like man I can't wait I mean one more week it's gonna turn on and yeah. then November goes away and that's the end of November and you're like man I would give anything to be hunting October 20th again with that anticipation I mean but so you, you think about it too so everybody thinks the rut lasts like two three weeks and it may last that long for them but if you have a specific buck that you're hunting he's not going to be on your property for that whole two to three weeks. You may have a day or two where he's running one of the specific doe on your piece of ground. And then that's it. You might be gone for three weeks. And then he might be gone forever because the guy a mile and a half down the road might she can him with a frigging 12 gauge during a man drive. You have no idea. Yep. So enjoy thy moment. Enjoy the moment. Well, that's pretty good. I think. Well, turning this back, because I wanted to, 
I know you mentioned, getting back to the food portion of this, that cutlets were probably the thing that you would get someone in, you know, if, if someone hadn't had venison before, they were skeptical of eating it, that's what you would give them. We didn't run through this. Give me a third, give me a two minute. How do you make them? Because a lot of people are like, I don't know, even know what those are. Yeah. So it, like I said, we said this before, but it is a little bit of a tedious process. Okay. So essentially you need a bowl, two bowls, and like some, something to put them on when they're done. Okay. And this is prior to actually cooking them. Okay. So my favorite way to make cutlets, you're going to take a back strap. Okay. You're going to probably take a third, maybe half of that back strap, depending on how many people you got. A third backstrap will typically make probably, I would say, like 15 to 20 cutlets. Wouldn't you say that's accurate? Yeah. So you're going to want to cut, you're going to want to cut, slice the backstrap in like, I don't know, half inch, not even half inch sections. Yeah, the thinner, the better, because you got to pound them anyway, but yeah. you got to give them a little bit of a little bit of a. Yeah, there to be yeah, you, you got to give them a little substance, but the thinner, the better, because you are going to be pounding these out with like a, a tenderizing mallet. So slice them into quarter, maybe at most half inch, you know, pieces, slice them all up that at that point, like Dean said, is when you would put them and soak them in your salt water, soak them in salt water for 10 minutes. I would say take them out, maybe put them in like a um, pasta strainer or something and kind of rinse, rinse them and then dab them. Make sure they're dry, uh, as dry as you, they can be with like a paper towel or something. Then in one bowl, you're going to crack probably four to six eggs. You're going to chop up some fine, fine parsley. And then you're going to put in there. I'm pretty uh, hefty on the Parmesan cheese that I put in there. But like, I want the egg, the parsley, and the parmesan to almost create like a, like a, a whitish, very light yellow paste, if you will. A goo, a goo, okay, a goo. And there, I like a lot of parsley in there. Like, I chop that parsley up super fine, and I throw a lot of it in there, a lot, like a softball size chunk in there. Anyway, what you're gonna do, you know suave that up like you're making scrambled eggs and you're going to take the cutlets that you have dried off and you're going to tenderize them thin i mean like very thin like almost to where you can see through them thin you're going to tenderize them on both sides and then you're going to just throw them right in that egg and you got to make sure both sides get coated in the egg parmesan parsley dressing and you can let them sit in there for a couple hours if you want, or you can just literally put them in the egg and go right to the breading. But from there, I use we like to use Italian breadcrumbs. Um, you can use panko or you can mix panko and Italian breadcrumbs together. But you're going to take each cutlet out of the egg and put it in the breading. You're going to you know cover it in breading, pat it on one side, flip it over, do the same thing, and then you're going to put it on a cookie sheet or something like that, you're going to lay the cutlets out before you fry them. You're going to go through that whole process until all the cutlets are done. And then you're going to get a, you can either use a skillet or we like to use like an electric fry pan because you can control the temperature on there. Put it to like 350, 375, heat the oil up, and then 
very quickly on each side. Like you'll flash fry it. It'll get hot on one side and you'll start to see a little bit of the juices coming up through the meat. The meat will start to turn like just a little bit red when it's doing that. As soon as it's doing that, flip it. Another two minutes aside. You're just looking for a little golden brown. Looking for a little golden brown, a little crisp, and then you pat dry it, you know. Get the oil out of there. Yeah, put it on, uh, like, you know, spread out some paper towels, kind of thick, thick paper towels so that each cutlet can kind of dry off on there. You flip it once and let it just kind of dry off on there after it comes out of the oil. And then uh, you're ready to put on the toppings of your choice or just eat them right out the skillet. Oh, so good. They're the best when they're when they're piping hot right out of the fryer. They're the best. They are the best. They I'm are. hungry now. I want to make cutlets now. This is ridiculous. Incredible. Anybody that is new to eating venison or or tells us that's disgusting. Yeah. I won't have that. No, it's not. And then they have one of these and they're like, wow, that's really good. One Pretty of the things simple. that drives me nuts is when people are like, you guys eat venison? Like, that's disgusting. And then they're like, or you ask them, well, have you ever had it? And they're like, no. It's like, how do you say that? You don't know. How do you say they're disgusting if you've never had it? Well, you eat chicken. Chicken cutlets. But you eat steak. Try one of these. And then real quick, the other little one that's good that I, I mean, I can promise you, I don't know who wouldn't like this, but this is good for like a party or uh oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. The vet, we, the venison cheese dip. Oh my God. I mean, this is a party favorite. Anytime we make this, it's gone very quickly. And people are like, I don't know what you did to that cheese dip, but it's incredible. And it's nothing more than just venison. Get a crock pot, get a crock pot going, put it on high. And you're going to just get some Velveeta cheese, like a brick of Velveeta cheese. You're just going to slice it up or get it into some chunks, get that going in the crock pot, get it melting. And then you're just going to take, I mean, I've done this with sausage and burger venison. When we say burger, it's just mixed a little bit with beef to give it a little bit of that fat. When we say sausage, mixed a little bit with pork. But you take about a pound of that, then you just fry it up, ground and then as that cheese is melting, you just combine it into the crock pot. Oh, my God. And then you can, this, there's no perfect way to do this. You can grab a can of, like, mild or hot salsa. You can just go grab a can of diced tomatoes. Um, or those rotini, rotini, like, tomato and chili pepper things. Yeah. And you're going to put a jar, a jar or can of that in there. And then if you like a little... If you like a little heat, slice up a little jalapeno, put it put it in there. Um, oh my god! It just a it's cheese so good. A cheese dip is such an easy party thing, and this you're not. It's it's obviously you're not taking bites of this, and you're like you're not tasting the venison. It's just a meat cheese. It's like a chorizo. Oh, my god. chorizo cheese dip. It's incredible, and I promise you, people will be asking for more. Yeah, even the venison naysayers will be asking for more. You can make a meal of it. You could, but you might it's be like plug, you might be plugged up for a few days. Oh yeah, you want to talk about doing a freaking wall set? <laughs> you are going to be wall setting yourself to a freaking hemorrhoid, is what you're you, going to be doing. You will want to eat this 
into a, you know, eat yourself into a coma here. But dude, you do. You, you can't stop. You, you can't. Literally can't stop. If there's, you cannot stop. Like it's, it's if disgusting. Actually, if, if there's chips, you eat it until it's gone. People literally will scrape this bolt, like the the crock it's pot, clean. You you know when you're when you're cooking out of a crock pot, the pain in the ass of cooking out of the crock pot is when you have to clean it afterwards. Yeah, because you're always making something that's just gums it up, sticky. Yeah, but yeah. and and too like that the the crock pot thing is a little heavier. So like any leftovers that you have to dump them into like a leftover container or Tupperware or whatever awkward. is is brutal. So, but that's what's the best with this cheese dip is that that shit will get cleaned up. No problem. I mean, you got four to six people. Get ready to dirty your shorts. You will take care of it. I My guarantee God. it. Got to do that again soon. That stuff is Fuck. done that, you know, a couple or a month need, or so ago for the Super Bowl. And people were just like, we dude, need to, we need to uh, do that this weekend for a little getaway. Yeah, you're Bring right. Some of that chowder in there. Gosh, can't wait for it. Damn it. Fun things to do with venison. Well, Dino, that's we're about at the hour mark, maybe a little over the hour mark. That's probably a good place to stop it for today. No, I'm hungry. I'm fucking hungry, damn it. Gotta go find something to get creative and make. I might have to make some venison something tonight because I'm inspired. I've inspired myself. Damn it. That sounds good. I want to cut it right now. Well, everyone, as usual, we appreciate y'all listening. Um, if you don't already, go follow us at Instagram or on Instagram at Team Tag and Brag on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Tag and Brag, and uh, now on Spotify at Tag and Brag to listen to our latest and greatest podcasts. If you haven't heard any, this is episode six. If you haven't heard any of the other previous ones, we welcome you to go back and take a listen. And, uh, I don't know, wherever life takes you this week, stay where your feet are. Stay where your feet are and, uh, enjoy yeah. the moment. Grab it, grab it by the horns and ride that son of a gun. Don't get too out in front of yourself. How about that? Present. Be present. Praise God, baby. Praise Cause God. Because life, life is a present. Praise God. <laughs> we will see y'all right here next week on the next episode of Goose Chasing. God bless y'all.